Hello and welcome to another Voice of Wealth podcast. I'm Charlotte de Capoisson. Today I welcome Ed Sheng, Global CIO of BNP Paribas Wealth Management. Hello Ed, good to see you. Hello Charlotte, good to see you too. Ed Sheng, in September your strategy team published three themes for investors to focus on over the coming months. We're going to look at one of them today, namely real assets. First of all, would you please define a real asset? Well, Charlotte, a real asset is a tangible asset. So that's one that you can touch and feel because it's something tangible and typically includes the three following asset classes. Firstly, commercial real estate, bricks and mortar. Secondly, infrastructure, including toll roads, such as motorways, railways, airports and energy infrastructure such as wind farms or electricity networks. And thirdly, commodities, gold, we can think of oil, we can think of industrial metals. Those are the typical commodities we might think of. These are all types of real assets, and they are not to be confused with financial assets, which typically are stocks, bonds, or cash, which, as they imply, are financial in nature and are not necessarily directly tangible. They are an indirect claim on an asset. In your paper on this theme, you wrote that investors tend to allocate heavily to stocks, bonds, and cash, but often ignore or under-allocate to real assets. What are the main reasons for this in your view? Firstly, residential real estate tends to be over-allocated because people tend to buy their own houses or flats. Then there is a lot of talk about investing in financial assets, stocks and bonds. Bonds have always been the preserve of the conservative investor historically. And so that's always been traditional asset class a conservative investor has been pushed to buy. And for those perhaps who want to have higher returns over the long term and accept higher volatility, then stock markets have been the traditional way to go. So after residential real estate and after cash, investors tend to invest in bonds, both government and corporate, and also stocks in terms of the stock markets globally, but then often don't or invest very little in these real assets, so commercial real estate infrastructure or commodities. And I think that's the real reason. There is also a second reason, which is that stocks, bonds, cash are much more liquid in nature. They're easy to buy and sell. You can do that online at the click of a button. Not so easy to buy and sell real asset classes because they tend to be less liquid and they typically have to be bought via uh, exposure via funds. Okay, Ed, with yields on government and corporate bonds so low, the traditional sources of income have dried up and on top of this, inflation has picked up. So are these justifiable reasons for investing in real assets? Well, I would say yes. Just remember one thing, cash is trash at the moment. You basically get a zero yield. You make no money out of cash in the bank. Secondly, a lot of government bonds trade at negative yields. So if you buy a long-term German government bond today and you hold it to maturity, you'll likely lose money. You'll end up with less money than you started with, which is a very strange set of affairs. So what we know is that the traditional income provided by bonds isn't there to the same degree at all today. So for those investors looking for a reasonable rate of income, for instance, to retire on, they're obliged to look more and more elsewhere. And this is something that institutional investors, such as pension funds and insurance funds, have been doing for some time. They have been reallocating away from government bonds and towards these real assets, particularly infrastructure and commercial real estate, in greater uh, amounts because they need to generate a reasonable amount of income to pay the pensioners, and that just is not available anymore today from most government bonds. To quote something else that you put in your theme, in a low-growth, low-yield world, cash flow is king. How can investors find cash flow in real assets? If you think about commercial real estate, 
or infrastructure, these generate yield through typically rent. So if you think about motorways, well, every time you go on a toll road, such as a motorway in France, you pay the toll every time you pass through a so-called payage. And as an infrastructure owner, you will benefit from those tolls. So that is a form of rent which you generate from holding the asset, in this case, infrastructure. For commercial real estate, you have tenants who are renting the buildings or renting the office space from you, and they pay a rent, and that is your income. We can see from real estate and infrastructure, there are quite obvious cash flows. And the beauty of these is they tend to be inflation hedged over time because rents and, for instance, motorway tolls tend to go up more or less in line with inflation over the long haul. So unlike bonds and cash, if inflation remains at a higher level, you get some level of protection via holding these types of real assets. Now, for commodities, it's slightly different. Yes, they have, of course, inflation protection because often commodity prices, such as oil prices, are one of the sources of inflation in the first place. But how do you generate a yield? And the answer is by investing in a strategy called the roll yield. And this benefits from an effect called backwardation in a number of commodities. Backwardation describes a state of affairs, let's say with oil, where the current price of oil where you to buy today is much higher than if you are to buy oil for delivery in 12 months or later. The idea with the roll yield, therefore, is when you have this state of backwardation, you buy oil for delivery in 12 months and you literally just hold it for 12 months. And by the time you sell it, you'll sell it at the spot price 12 months later at a higher price. And the roll yield is the gap between the higher price you will achieve and the lower price you bought it at for delivering 12 months. And by holding it for 12 months, you generate the difference, which is your roll yield. And that's a strategy this year that has worked very well, has generated double-digit returns already. And this is a strategy you can easily buy in fund or exchange-traded fund format today. Finally, how and why would people invest in infrastructure assets? Well, I think infrastructure assets are very interesting asset class and probably underappreciated by the retail investor it's typically been the preserve of the institutional, the pension funds and the insurance companies investors because they know about it more. And it's something that's had a lot less press with retail investment. But to why today? Well, of course, there's a huge amount of investment going into infrastructure. The US are talking about implementing a massive US infrastructure program of trillion dollars plus. In Europe, we have the EU Recovery Fund, which is, again, largely focused on infrastructure investment. And in particular, when we talk about infrastructure, we can include infrastructure investment in renewable energy, such as solar panels, wind farms. And this is, again, a very fast-growing area of, of infrastructure investment today. I think this is going to become a bigger asset class. It still generates good yields. And remember that in the long term, Charlotte, that the global listed infrastructure index has generated a total return of 10% per annum over the last decade. It's been a relatively strongly performing asset class with inflation protection, with a good yield today, which I believe is still very attractive to investors and is now very much more accessible in fund format, either in terms of an ETF for listed infrastructure or private infrastructure funds as well. So really, there's no difficulty in investing it is for a long-term investment, but you have no difficulty investing for the long-term in infrastructure assets today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To be sure to receive our audio content every week, please search for BNP Paribas Wealth on the podcast platform of your choice, including Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Spotify, or other podcast providers. To read our research content, please search for BNP Paribas Wealth in Google. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>